Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're broadcasting today from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by the Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. Lots to look at. You know, we had that WASDE report that came out yesterday, and as we all know, it was a neutral report. But we're going to look not only to that report, but beyond what's going on in Canada. Uh, we know that their canola crop has been absolutely crazy. Three days of limit-up trade add to it. We'll look at the weather. We'll look at Brazil. And you know, when we're talking South America, we're going to get the, the real information coming from Don Rose as he's with U.S. Commodities, and he's got some great ties in South America. So we'll find out what's really happening down there as well. But I think we do need to start out, Don, and talk about this neutral WASDE report of yesterday. It just seems like the market saw the report and said, all right, let's move on. Yeah, you know, good afternoon, Susan. I think, first of all, that's exactly right The uh, report was basically a yawner, except for the wheat. The wheat report was actually bullish. Uh, if you look at it, the uh, spring wheat uh, crop uh, down 41% versus a year ago. The Durham crop, 32 million bushels, down 46% uh, percent from a year ago. So despite uh, the uh, hard red winter wheat crop going up 55 million, the overall uh, uh, ending stocks go down 152 million. So I think when you look at it, Susan, the wheat was the uh, big winner. But when you look at the corn and the soybeans, it was one that the government really uh, took a pass, punted, if you will, uh, willing to look at August uh, going forward. There's just too much uncertainty with the weather. Um, We know we're bent back in some areas, some areas record. And then we know that the uh, uh, demand side of the the market, that's very uncertain here. The government tried to up the demand a bit, but uh, we will see. In the end, Susan, the government tried to take the average price down a bit, but not a lot. 560 for an average cash corn price this next year. Do you believe that? And soybean, 1370 a bushel average price. So they're certainly not uh, saying as of right now that the market's going to fall apart. Just uh, you know, down uh, 10 cents on corn. Uh, down 15 cents on beans from uh, a price standpoint since the last report. What's going on with the canola? I mean, to see three days of limit up trade and, and see that effect in the veg oil market and how it's affecting businesses here in the States. Yeah, you know, and that's a good point. I think what we really have is a tighter veg oil stocks. Remember, the whole uh, market started out with the, uh, the firmness, if you will, in the uh, palm oil that led to the soybean oil in the U.S. to the upside. And then, you know, it seems like just uh, problems compound. And we know that uh, Canada raises about 60% of the world production on canola. And for the most part, they've been in a dry drought pattern. And the forecast going forward really doesn't improve a lot. Um, In fact, it looks like they're going to go right back into a hotter pattern as we hit the July 18th through the 28th period. So, uh, canola stocks uh, continue to shrink uh, in Canada, and that means uh, we're trying to move high enough to ration the canola uh, prices. Like you say, when you move in a week, three days limit up, uh, you know, it's sending a signal. Also, palm oil uh, in Indonesia was also sharply higher and at a five-week high overnight. And, of course, they trade opposite of us time-wise, so um, they'll be trading again uh, tonight here for their day. But um, it's the oil back leading the way to the upside. The wheat market uh, stocks have shrunk there. A little setback today, but a big day yesterday. The corn technical tried to turn positive uh, today, so we'll see if it can do anything to the upside and uh, 
join the soybeans to the upside. So having said that, I wanted to look at that canola from a consumer perspective because they hear us talk about limit up trade. They hear us talk about veg oil and maybe to them, this is more reality than what's happening in the corn and the beans. Yeah, you know, if you look at it, uh, veg oil, if you will, uh, cooking oil uh, is just a huge uh, thing around the world. I mean, look at uh, India uses a tremendous amount of cooking oil. Of course, uh, a lot of people do around the world. But, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit uh, earlier uh, before we got on the show about the uh, real uh, price from the uh, canola that you were telling me about uh, over double what uh, people have been paying. So, it really is going back to the consumer, and uh, you know what you have to do is reach a price where the consumer tries to use an alternative product, which is hard to uh, hard to find. Then on top of that, when you're talking about uh, veg oils and oils, uh, we have new biodiesel plants that are going to be coming on board that are also going to have uh, a bigger need for uh, oil. So it's it's one of those that I think that's what we're trying to say is how, when you get breaks, how far can you really go uh, with the tightness that we have? And then we know the seasonality, Susan, uh, we have to deal with here going forward uh, as we're marching to a crop here in the U.S. Well, give us your thoughts on the seasonals, especially when it comes to this corn market. Yeah, you know, and I think when you look at the seasonalities, of course, you have to believe that you're under a normal seasonal, but Normally, uh, on a normal seasonal standpoint, um, the corn market from, uh, from uh, July 14th all the way to October 3rd uh, typically has a slide. Now, what you have is usually we have a little better handle on what the size of the crop is. We've kind of reached a point where we've said, you know what, we're going to kind of uh, slow down on new, new demand because we have a new crop that's going to be coming out soon. So that's why you usually uh, peak around this time frame. You're pretty well along where you see what the pollination is. So it usually gets to be a harder road to the move the upside. Now, what you really have to believe is that a contra-seasonal happens, Susan. And by that, I mean rather than going down during those frame periods that we just talked about, that you go up. And that would have to come from uh, weather problems, which, you know, we still have a lot of July and August to go. Remember last year, it was August, middle of August, before the market moved up. So you're going to watch weather, and then you're also going to watch to see if our demand improves. Uh, in other words, exports continue to accelerate. Back. Stick around, folks. More is coming up as we continue with Part 2. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final, Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, continuing this conversation with Don Rose. Don is with U.S. Commodities. So we left off talking about the seasonalities that we're seeing in corn. And you kind of talked a little bit about weather, Don. And I, I look at the fact that we're the 13th of July. We've got a lot of growing season left to go in not only the corn, but the soybeans and, and their spring wheat as well. Having said that, weather is going to, I'm sure, play a continued dominant factor in what we see for this trade. You know, it really is. And, you know, I have to uh, look at NOAA, uh, our government forecast. They've been pretty accurate so far. What they said is it was going to be a summer where this extreme heat out to the west was going to continue to move into the northern plains, into the areas west of the Mississippi, sit there for a while, then retrograde back to the uh, west coast again. And that's exactly what happened. If you look at the forecast as of right now, we just had that cooler weather pattern come through. 
But if you uh, look at the maps and you believe the GFS maps, it looks like that uh, heat dome again comes from the west, sets up in Colorado, gives us some heat into Canada, the, nor- the Canadian prairies, the northern uh, plains, and into the uh, western corn belt just how far. So it looks like July 18th to the 28th that that comes back. So let's see. Um, we got some moisture. Some of the areas that didn't get the moisture, 15% of the corn belt is probably going to be under heavy stress again. So that's what we watch from a weather standpoint, Susan. Well, let's head south to the border because South America has definitely had weather issues this year. First too wet, then too hot, then too dry, then a frost coming in. What are you hearing when it comes to this Brazilian corn crop? Well, you know, I think when you look at it, you're exactly right. I mean, the producers at one time, remember, we thought we had a a 104, 103 million metric corn crop. Now we're down to 93 million metric tons. Remember, 1 million metric tons basically equals close to 40 million bushels. So, you know, from what we uh, had at 104 down to uh, 93, the government said that's like uh, 440 million bushels. That's significant. I think when you look at it, that was probably, you know, down to 90 million, something like that. Um, You know, with the dry drought conditions, you kind of knew what you had at that point. Then we got hit with, amazingly, uh, a freeze frost where uh, temperatures went down to 26 degrees there a couple uh, nights in a row for over four four hours. And so we clipped another, who knows, uh, we'll find out uh, as we're, you know, moving 50% through harvest. Um, we clipped off another 100 to 200 million bushels. So I think the question mark, Susan, is who's going to make up that uh, five to six to 700 million bushels in the export front? Um, and it looks like the uh, Brazil corn price, it looks like it's just going to stay lofty. They're trying to ration now. Um, remember, they're at harvest for their uh, big crop, the second crop, the two-thirds of the crop, the safrina crop. And their corn prices are edging closer back to $8 again, um, about seven seventy-five right now. So it looks like the U.S. or the Ukraine is going to have to make up that difference. And that's where from a, the bulls are looking at and saying the government's just not right on their exports, that exports are going to go up. We're going to get back into a demand-led market. And uh, before we really repair the balance table in Brazil, Remember, it's probably going to take the first crop, uh, you know, is early. Uh, that's about a third of the crop. Uh, that'll be harvested in the winter, our winter time. But then their second crop is really not going to be until next August again. So Brazil is going to have a struggle. The world probably has a struggle. And uh, we really need to get a big crop here in the U.S. to help buffer uh, as well as Ukraine. Well, saying that then, Don, how much pressure is that going to put on our crop, knowing that we've got such crazy weather patterns going on here as we head into tasseling and pollination? Yeah, you know, and I think that's a good point, Susan. What we're really saying is, uh, with all the stuff that we just talked about, what do you really think fair market value is? Um, Can we go back down to a $4 uh, futures market? Is it going to hover more? You know, that looks too low right now. Um, with what we know from what we just talked about, is it going to be more like five dollars, uh, uh, you know, on the board? Uh, we do have gap targets on December corn. There's an open gap for seventy-seven and a half on the downside. Okay, so if you look at it, that seems like a realistic uh, uh, target for the harvest right now. Then, if you look on the upside, there's five seventy-three and a half on December corn. So, if we get weather scares, that looks like a target. So. 
let's just call it a big range where Trill's trying to sort it out. And, and that's really what the government said in the uh, July report. They kind of funded it. They said, you know what, a lot of things can happen yet. We're just not sure. We're not going to move the needle too much until we get a better look at things. And that makes it tough for the producer. Um, you know, right now, uh, you know, producers seasonally, you probably would be using rallies to, uh, to think more in terms of what, what do I have to uh, uh, get sold for my harvest. Um, end users are probably thinking about on a break, where do I get stuff covered for the upside? Good, Don. What is the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Yeah, you bet. They can reach us at U.S. Commodities in West Des Moines at 1-800-247-4071. And that's the Fontenelle Now Final Bell. Just a reminder, commodity features and options involve substantial risk of loss, not suitable to all investors. The Fontenelle Now Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the World Radio Network.